welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. Have your Bibles. We're going to go to the Gospel of John, chapter number 10. Amen. The Gospel of John, chapter 10. And we're going to pick up in verse 26. And uh, we're going to continue on in our series on knowing the will of God. Amen. Once again, we're so glad that my dad has been able to be with us this week. Amen. It's been such a joy to have him. And, and he goes back home uh, uh, Friday. And, but it's been a blast to have him out here. And I'm so glad that he he made the time to come out here he said he didn't have anything else to do he's retired amen so he came out had a good time amen john chapter 10 beginning at verse 26 but ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep as i said unto you my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me and i give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand, unless anybody gets confused out of whose hand you're going to get plucked, whether you can't be plucked, whether it's the Father's hand or Jesus' hand. He just summed up in verse 30 and said, "Um, His hand is my hand, my hand is His hand. I and the Father are one. Amen. And establishing that beautiful, beautiful a principle that our God is one God. Amen. Not a God in three persons, but he is God alone. Amen. And so I want to continue tonight talking about uh, knowing the will of God. And I want us to pray together right now. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege, the privilege and the opportunity we have to be in your house, to worship you, and to celebrate your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I pray that you would bless in this place and open our understanding give strength and joy and peace and healing and hope lord let your word be revealed unto us in a great and a mighty way in jesus name and everyone said amen god bless you you can be seated look at somebody and say i want to know the will of god amen i want to know the will of god amen we we have talked about and i'm just going to briefly for just a moment, talk about what we have recapped on and uh, or have, have covered in the last uh, several weeks. I, I don't even really remember when we began this, but I know it's, it's been uh, well over a month ago that we began talking about knowing the will of God because for so many people, the will of God is such a mysterious thing. Like, like to know the will of God is some hard a troublesome, burdensome thing to figure out uh, when truly it isn't simply because, um, because we know him. Amen. And that's why we have taken our, our text, we have keyed off of John 10 every night of this lesson is because it establishes the fact, the understanding, the foundation, the precedent. Three very important things. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So if we are the sheep of his pasture, then we we know his voice. He knows us, and we follow him. The demon said to the seven sons of Siva, he said, you know, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but I don't know who you are. Here's something that um, if you want to be some demon crusader, you need to remember this. If Jesus don't, you, don't know you, I promise you the devils won't. So before you go trying to cast boogeymen out of every shadow in the bushes, you better know who Jesus is. And he better know who you are. Amen. Because there's an understanding and there's a, there is a power in that relationship. He said, and I'm going to tell you, that devil, that devil didn't just beat him back where I come from. Sister Jamie, it, 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 it whooped them. Some of y'all got spankings and it shows. We got whoopings. <laughs> I 
And because of that, we suffer from this lingering effect called respect. <laughs> Amen. I'm saying, I'm saying it right to his face. He knows. He knows there were many times I didn't set down all, put all the weight on my backside because of that belt. Amen. And uh, uh, that, was a, that was a good thing for me. I guess I needed it. And I'm telling you, he'd come in, he'd, he turned out, he'd walk in the room and he said, now I know I'm supposed to whoop one of you, I don't remember, but I'm going to get both of you because you probably both deserve it. That's the truth. And he'd give us a choice. He'd say, y'all want a grounding or a whipping? And my brother would say, I wanna, I'll take the whipping. I said, I'll take the grounding. And he said, well, he's older, you're going to have to get what he gets. So I never really got a choice. <laughs> but these, this, these demons inside this man whooped up on these seven sons. So the Bible said they fled out of that house naked, wounded, and bleeding, and ashamed. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I've, I've been whooped a few times in my life. Not just by my dad, but I, I, I've been in some fights. Brother Clifton, I've crushed many a fist with my face. But I ain't never been whooped so bad they tore my clothes off and I ran out of there naked. That must have been a whooping. All because they didn't know Jesus and Jesus didn't know them. And so the devil had no grounds to respect their authority. Let me just say this, a little side note. And, and uh, uh Dad got to hear this last night, and he can verify. You got to. I didn't say this, but a little side note here: power with God only comes through submission to God. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and He shall exalt thee in due season. First is the humbling. Then He says, "Resist the devil, and he shall flee from you." That doesn't come until you've submitted under the hand of God, and so. You can talk in tongues until you get an accent, but if you're not submitted to God, right? We can, we, I, I, you know, some people, you know, they got all this power, and it's like, why, where's, where's your power to submit? And all thy getting, get wisdom. Amen. And so uh, some folks, in, in their zeal and in their passion, and thank God for it, they're very Corinthian-like. That, that they want the gifting and the power, but in the submission and the obedience aspect is tremendously lacking. And so one-third of the prerequisite of knowing the will of God is absent from their life and that you know him or you know his voice, he knows you, and you follow him. If you remove any one of those three pillars, you're handicapped in your walk with God. And so it's so important that we know, and, and I don't mean to recap too much, but it's so important that, that he knows us and we know his voice. How many times did I say, try the Spirit and see if it be of God? That's, that's what the elder wrote. That's what he wrote in his epistle. He said, uh, he said uh, uh, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the Spirit and see if it be of God. I, I said this before. I want to reiterate this. If it is of the Spirit of God, God will not be offended in testing his spirit. If you're testing it and it bucks up against you or the person that it's trying to be used by gets offended, then it's not of God. Take it to the, and there's one surefire place you can go to find out if it was God. And that's why we have got to be not only uh, um, in our Bible, devotionally, we've got to be students of the Word of God till you can know the character of God. When you, you can hear something that sounds good and go, Sister Strickland, that, that don't quite sound like my God. That, that's not the kind of, I, you know, I don't think he would say it like that. Because the devil just, the devil's not going to come to you and f invert something completely as a Bible believer. He's not going to come in complete. We're watching the world completely be inverted right now. I just told somebody the other day, I said, our world is inverted. We are living, literally, we are living what this Bible said. 
The Bible said in the last days they will call good evil and evil good. And now we got people saying that horrendously evil things are good. And wonderfully good things are evil. And our equilibrium has been thrown. And I, I can't remember who I was talking with. Maybe you're in here. I was talking with somebody about this the other day. And I said, and our spiritual equilibrium is so thrown. Or our, our, the, the world's uh, even system of value has been so inverted that everything that was foundational is now upside down. Right? You, used to it was protect the children at all costs. Now it's throw them to the wolves. I, I don't need to convince you why it's not good for children to go to a drag show where they strip. Why don't you tell me why these perverts want our children sitting in front of them so bad? What, it, what is so sexually deviant in somebody that they don't feel complete unless they've got a seven-year-old child watching them sexually gyrate across the stage? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. It has been inverted. Ten years ago, we would have said, that's madness. Well, not this church, because for the last 13 years, I've been telling you this whole thing, they're coming after your kids. I've been saying that for 13 years. They didn't want equality, they want your kids. I've been saying that for 13 years. Well, the Bible's been saying it for 2,000, so it's got me on that one. Everything has been inverted. Good is evil, and evil is good. And we as Bible believers, we find our equilibrium off. If you've ever had the misfortune of having vertigo, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you stand up, every, everything's moving. You're trying to hold on to things, and you're trying to stay. I, I had vertigo last year for the first. I hope I never get vertigo again in my life. I couldn't stand up. Even laying my head on the bed, I felt like I was spinning out of control. I'm going to tell you what. There is spiritual vertigo happening in North America, and you can't stand if you don't got something to hold on to, and you'd better hold on. You'd better hold on to the rock of Christ. You better hold on to the old rugged cross and you better hold on to the only thing that has never failed and that's the word of God stabilize yourself on the word amen amen is that is that okay you got to stabilize yourself on the word because I don't care if the world says it, it's it's good if the Bible calls it evil we have to calibrate ourselves to God's word and not to society. Well, pastor, they're going to think we're a bunch of fundamentalist dingbats. Well, I've been called worst. And fundamentalists is the worst thing got, they got to throw at me. It's going to be a good day. Amen. I, I don't know if it's fundamentalist or somebody said that's archaic. It's, it's, you know, it's Neanderthal mentality. Well, take me back to the caves and hand me a match, baby, because I'm going to stand right on the word of God. I'm going to stand right on the word of God. And I, and I believe you will too. And I'm encouraging you. Don't bow. Don't, don't lean. I'm not, I'm not telling. Uh, those of you there last night, no, I didn't you go listen to the podcast. I didn't say any of this. I feel encouraged you tonight. Don't even lean. We got a whole lot of leaning Christians right now. What, lean, I'm, I'm leaning this way. I'm lean, don't lean. Stand. Bless your pea-picking heart. Stand up on your feet and stand up on the Word of God. Don't lean. I never find any good. I don't find any scripture in here that speaks positively about leaning. But my Bible does tell me lean not to thine own understanding. I can't lean to my understanding. I can't lean to the Republicans' understanding. I can't lean to the Democrat understanding. I can't lean to the understanding of Wall Street. I've got to stand. Don't lean. Don't lean. Stand. Stand. Stand flat-footed. On his word. The B-I-B-L-E. Come on, help me somebody. The B-I-B-L-E. Now that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. It's a well, it sounds good. Days coming. You're gonna have to prove that. We're living in the day that you're gonna have to take it from Sunday school memory to adulthood living it. 
Look at somebody and say, be careful where you lean. Because I will tell you this, you, I'm no physicist, but you will fall where you lean. You fall in the direction you lean. Lean toward carnality, you'll fall into carnality. Lean toward perversion, you'll fall into perversion. Lean into lies, you'll fall into wickedness. Stand on the word of God and he will stand with you. Amen. We're, we're living in an age. We're, we're living in a, in, in, in a different age. And, and y'all forgive me. I didn't mean to go down this road. But uh, I'm going to tell you, we got to stand. We got to stand on the word of God. The Bible says Stephen took a stand for the, the first martyr of the church in the book of Acts. Took a stand. The Bible said they were pelting. I can't even imagine. I, I wish I were an artist and I could some way try to draw in my mind's eye what I see was happening to Stephen. As his face is, is being horrifically battered with stones. And they're pelting him. And they're screaming, you're blasphemy. But he had the look of an angel on his face as he looked in the heavens. And the Bible said that, that he saw a vision. Does anybody know what he saw? He saw the Lord standing before him. It's the only time in Scripture you ever find God get up. Only time in Scripture you find God standing off his throne is an act. And he stood up when Stephen was willing to take the rocks to the face for the gospel. You know what, Paul? You know what he didn't do? He didn't lean in. He stood up. And when he stood up for what was right, even though rocks were, go, go study. Some of y'all caught up. Go study your Bible and tell me wherever God stood. It's the only place God stands in the Bible. And he stood. In other words, what, what Luke was writing to us in, in the Acts of the Apostles was, if you're willing to stand for what's right, God is willing to stand for you. Why? Because his sheep know his voice, they know him, and we follow him. Amen. Thank God, thank God Stephen didn't go to one of these you know, postmodern churches, even some of these postmodern Pentecostal churches. Because he'd have said, well, if it was the will of God, these stones wouldn't be hitting me. That's not what the early church did. The, the Bible said the early church rejoiced when they were beaten, that God had found them worthy to suffer. Amen. We, it's inverted. We've allowed an inversion in the church. Suffering must be a bad thing. Now, now God's not a sadist. He's not out to punish you for fun. God doesn't get his rocks off by watching you suffer. That's not what it's about. But when suffering comes for the sake of his word, he's going to stand up for you. He may not stop one stone. I don't know why I'm saying this. He may not stop one stone, but, I, but I'll tell you what you got. You've got to look at the bigger picture of what God's doing. Because standing in that crowd was a man by the name of Saul. And, and, and while they were getting their rocks and they were piling them up as they're at their feet they were getting the rocks that they could would fit their hand they began to take their coats off and Saul stood there and said I'll hold them for you boy so you can throw it harder and he's holding an armful of coats but something stuck with him because the face of that first martyr looked like an angel and he never forgot that and God in his infinite wisdom was willing see we got to understand we're just money in the economy of God God was willing to spend deceiving so he could buy a Paul. And, and, and who am I to question God's will? When God says, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to heal this one, but I'm going to allow in their death to be glorified, me to be glorified in their life. Why? Because there's a prodigal, there's a backslider, there's a sinner that's going to watch their transition of grace and say, I don't have that peace in my life. What do you think stuck with Paul? Was it the fact that, that the clothes Stephen was wearing? No, it was the fact that in his death he had the peace of God like an angel on him. Paul never forgot it. Amen. You've got you to know what God's will is for your life. God's will is to heal. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But if not, amen, we need the... We need the but if not revelation. We need the but if not revelation. That's what the three Hebrew boys said. They had the but if not revelation. 
He, they, they told the most powerful man in the world, don't, don't, tell those musicians, don't even waste their breath. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we're not going to bow at your music. We're not going to worship your gods because the God who we serve is well able to deliver us out of your hand and save us from the fiery furnace. But if not, we still won't bow and we still won't serve. You can't make a furnace hot enough to get me to stop serving my God. Let me put it in modern day vernacular. You can't put enough social pressure on me to get me to bow to your inverted ways. You can't put enough social media pressure on me to get me to bow and invert my love of God. You can't put enough economic pressure on me. You can't put enough guilt trip on me. You can't put enough social labels on me to make me a social pariah, to make me turn around on my God. I'm going to keep loving my God. I'm going to keep serving. I'm not going to bow at your altar. I'm not going to serve your God. And I'm not giving my children to dance to your music. Not, I'm not teaching my kids to dance to, 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 to your trumpets and flutes. There's only one they're going to they're gonna serve. Now, I hear people, I, I see it all the time. People, you, they, they say, well, y'all just need to accept this the way it's going to be. It may be this way it's going to be for you. You may not love your kids. I hear people in the Christian world all the time. In, in, in the Christian world saying, we, we, need to, we, just, we need to accept this is the way it is. No, I accept sin, sin. I said it today on social media, and I want to say it really firm because you can't always read into the text the emotion of which someone says it with. So let me say it very clear. Love is not acceptance. And acceptance does not equal love. God loves me, but he'd never accept my sin. God will accept me, but he will never love my sin. Amen. Do with that what you want to. Knowing the will of God. Knowing the will of God. Know, know the will of God is to stand and not lean. And, and pastor, what, what's going to happen if, you know, people don't, don't want to come to the church because, you know, they feel that that's, uh, you know, that you shouldn't say things like that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If, if you're hungry enough for God, I don't know about their hunger, and I'm going to belittle their hunger because I would never belittle. I'm not going to get up here and beat anyone and browbeat any, any type of sin. We're not going to lay it on them. And, but, but I'm going to tell you this. A, a true hunger for God, you can't offend somebody. But the hunger for a God that doesn't require them to change, you have to tiptoe through the tulips around them. Amen. Does that, that make sense? And we want everybody to be, be saved and and, and this church is already filled with X everything. And, and we don't, I'm going to tell a hunger, a, a true hunger from God. If, you know, my, my Aunt Sue used to say it like this. Dad, you'll remember this. I, I was a kid, and she used to say this when she would teach because they, you know, didn't really believe in women preachers. And so she would testify for a really long time or teach. And, and Aunt Sue would say, she was my great aunt, and she, and she would say it like this. She would say, if God wanted me to wear a fur coat in August, I'd do it. Now, now, is God going to tell you wear a fur coat in August? I hope not. <laughs> I ain't wearing one, I tell you right now. But if I'm hungry enough for God, you, you, it's what is your appetite? Man, I'm all over the place right now. It's what, what's your appetite? People are showing up to church. They, they've got an agenda-laden appetite. You know, don't walk into a steakhouse looking for a vegan meal. That's not against veganism because I wouldn't walk into a vegan. I would dare not. I would be an absolute idiot if I walked into a vegan restaurant and said, I want a cheeseburger with extra bacon. Why? Because obviously probably a moral reasoning in their mind as to why they feel that. I'm not going to be a little that if they want to, if they want. That's fine. But all of a sudden, we, we are turning, we're inverting the church to try to cater to an inverted appetite. We can't do that. 
There's a reason why the McSalad failed at McDonald's. Does that make sense, brother guy? There's a reason why, y'all hear me? There's a reason the McSalad failed at McDonald's. Because nobody pulled up to McDonald's and said, I think I want to eat healthy today. The reason you're at McDonald's is because you had already made the bad choice before you turned into the driveway. It was already in your heart. The grease was already coursing through your arteries when you pulled up to the menu and said, I think I'll have me a double Big Mac, super side of the fries. Forget the diet. Give me the sweet tea. Give me the Dr. Pepper. Give me the Coke, whatever it is, and I'll take an apple pie. You didn't pull up in there thinking, I'm going to eat some organic greenery today. You didn't pull up in there. No, you knew it. I'm going to tell you, we got to quit preaching McSalad when the world needs. We got to stop having McSalad Church when the world needs a Big Mac gospel. I'm talking about knowing the will of God. <laughs> Man, I can preach food any way you want to lay it out. I'll preach on food now. <laughs> Which way you want it? Bible said be instant in season and out of season. Amen. I'll be as instant as that double whopper at, at, at Burger King. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And, and, and so you got, you, got to, you, get, you got to know. You got to, you got to know that he knows you. And you got to know his voice. And you got to be able to follow him. Everybody say follow him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I, I, I took um, 25 minutes to say all that. Amen. I, I'm just telling you, I, I'm just telling you, I'm not saying this about you, but I am saying this about the church world at large and Christians at large. I am concerned. I am concerned with, with our lack of fighting back. Now, I'm not talking about a physical fight. Please don't go over there and say, oh, pastor said go get your guns. I didn't say any of that stuff. I'm not talking about that. I didn't say put up your dukes. I didn't say any of that. I am talking about why are we spiritually okay with this? How many ever went to the fair and went through that little toilet paper roll that spins around? You know what I'm talking about? Well, it's not a little one. What's that thing, that tube you go in? Not the Ferris wheel, the one you walk. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the little thing that you got to try to get through it before it flips you over. I don't know what they call it. Let's call it the spinny toilet paper roll. You know, you go, they generally get you to go through the Hall of Mirrors first. This is, right, it's pretty standard. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's the only ride I'll ride at of a carnival. That's the only ride I'm riding at a fair. You don't know why? I've seen the people that put them things together. Matter of fact, I know some of the meth heads in Texarkana that put that Ferris wheel together, and I ain't about to get on that Ferris wheel. They couldn't even put the gas nozzle in the gas tank. You think I'm getting on a 60-foot Ferris wheel? Y'all go ride the zipper if you want to. I ain't getting on. I've seen the people that put that together. <laughs> you, get that you go through the hall of mirrors, right? And, 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 and you're, you're confused, right? Because everything's reflecting. Where is the real you? Who is the real you? Which is the real me? And then you go from the hall of mirrors and, and to what, is, what do they call the goofy mirrors where they're all bent funny. And so you spend your time bumping into walls and banging into walls here and there. Bam, bam, bam. You walk through. Feel like you fought Mike Tyson by the time you get out of there. And then you're standing there, and they got these goofy men. They got you looking like you got a real big head and a real small body, real skin, real fat, all this kind of stuff. And you're walking through. And, and it's all a ruse to get you to the last one. See, if you're leaning... You're just, boom, walking in and stuff. Then you'll get in there, and then you're amused. See, something that was frustrating you seconds earlier because you couldn't find your way out, the same thing, just twisted a little bit, amuses you. And then you go from amusement back to confusement. And you get in that thing, and you're already discombobulated, 
And you get in that thing, and you're trying to get through it, and it's, and you're riding up the side, and you're about to flip. Some of y'all have been flipped in. I've been flipped in it. I don't know how many times I've been. I've been flipped in it so much, I stopped going to that thing. You ever see the videos of little kids holding on, and they just go completely in a circle? I feel like that's me in 2023. We get in that thing, and we're trying to crawl through it, and it's getting... This, this, is, this is where our society has us. It's got them so confused. It's got them so amused that when it comes time to get out, they can't because what was down is now up and what's up is now down. And they find themselves in the colossal failure of turnover again and again and again. And they'll never be able to satisfy that insatiable appetite within their spirit to try to, try to feel the, the lust of the eye and the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. They won't be able, And it just turns them over and over and over again. And now, now they won't off the ride, but it's flipping them over and over. You've got to be able to stand on God's word and look at something that is fixed and you got to know his voice and follow him wherever he goes amen amen look at somebody and say that was totally free tonight amen amen now Paul takes us in his epistles, talking about the Word of God, talking about the Word. We, we talked about Romans 12 in 1. And now, this is important for me to try to, to bump up against this so we can come back in the next week or two and, and go deeper into what I want to talk about. Paul in Romans 12 and 1, and this goes really, it goes hand in glove with what I'm saying right now. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, sir. Boy, I, 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 love, the, I love the way that, but I've got to think in my mind's eye, and I know I'm weird, and, and I know they probably got medication that can fix it, but I'm not taking it. But in my mind's eye, I can just see Paul writing that. I earnestly contend with you, brethren, by God's mercies, that you would give up your bodies, yield them to the Lord, present them, as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. And I can see that he might have was about to put a period there. And he thought, wait a second, if I say that, they're going to think they're super special. We're going to think we need a battle ribbon for living holy, right? Some kind of purple heart. Some kind of bronze star for just living holy. And, God, and then Paul, he just says, comma. Which was basic training. You're not even in the foxhole yet. You're just learning how to stand at attention when you do that. Now, why is that important? Because verse 2 is why that is important. Because he says, uh, uh, if you'll go to verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What, what's he saying? When the world's going upside down, you better renew your mind and go right side up. They said, they, they said that Jason and them had turned the world upside down. No, they didn't. They turned the world right side up. The world was already upside down. They had flipped it back the other way. Those people were in sin, and then the gospel was being preached by Jason and Paul and Peter and James and John, and all of a sudden it went from this to this. See, the only thing that's going to take our inverted world from this to this is not going to be social norms. It's not going to be a war. It's not going to be fighting in the capital. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ that takes it from here back to here. Amen. And, and, and be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may be able to prove that which is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I want to know the perfect. Everybody say, I want to know the perfect. I want to know the perfect will of God for my life. Amen. I'm, I'm going to try to stop here in the next few minutes. I, I want to turn your attention to Colossians. Paul writes to the church at Colossae. And he says in verse number 1 of chapter 2, he said, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and them at Laodicea. Many, many... Uh, Many scholars would 
and I think rightfully so, equate the American church to the Laodicean church. Right, in, in, increased with goods and in need of nothing. Amen. Uh, watch out for that part. It may not always be this way. And so our, our hope better be in nothing less than Jesus Christ. The old song says is Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen. We, we, we better have our hope in him. So he says, I have great conflict for you and them at Laodicea. And as for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Verse 2, that their hearts might be comforted, being knitted to get, knit together in love. We talked about that. Listen, and to all the riches of the fullness of understanding. Now, we like to, uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about the blessings of God, so long as we don't go off the deep end like these soul hustlers on TV and these bar stools sitting, backwards hat, tight jean wearing, TikTok theologians. You know, 45 seconds of Bible and a whole lot of life of hell they live, right? We need the, I don't think there's anything wrong with the blessings of God. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying God wants to bless you. God wants to, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think there's something wrong when that's the motivation of giving and the motivation of living for God is so I can just solely be blessed. Blessing is one of those benefits. It's just a, it's just a benefit. Now, you work the job because you get money, but you stay at the job because there's benefits. Right? And it's just one of the many benefits, right? It's one of the many. David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, and forget not all his. So being blessed is just one of them benefits. Right? And and so he says, So this is why this is why in this series I am really honing down not on the blessing of finances or or of wealth and we I've taught on that, preached on that. One thing I'm not, one of many things I'm not afraid to talk about is how God will bless you if you'll walk in covenant with him and all that stuff. Uh, Brother Chase teaches one of the best series on financial freedom you'll ever hear, and he talks about walking in the blessing of God as you walk in covenant with God. Amen. And But one thing that I'm, I'm wanting to hone in on this series is knowing that there is more understanding in God than what any of us currently possess understanding I, it, look at look again what he says uh, uh brother mansell if you'll put that back up there he says um in the unto all the all riches of the full assurance man a full assurance you know what that's likened unto that's likened unto full coverage insurance right full coverage insurance full coverage means and what's the other one? Uh, is it gap? Isn't, isn't that the other insurance? Right? So gap says we guarantee we're going to replace it at the same price. That the, Right? It's amazing how many little policies they put on. Used to, you just got the one policy, and they did what was right, and they paid it out. Now they'll string you along and lie to you. It's amazing. You miss your premium one time with that insurance company. They'll drop you, but they can take two years to pay you back what they owe you. Amen. I'm a, I get anointed up here right now. But but he says to the full assurance, the full of the full assurance, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heirs of salvation. Amen. I love that. You know what? This is a full assurance of understanding. We need understanding. I I don't. Listen, I don't need to understand why people sin. Don't try to figure people's sin out. I don't even need to figure out why I sinned. I just need the full assurance of understanding of his mercy and his grace. All the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement. Everybody say acknowledgement. Now, everybody knows what acknowledgement means, right? Everybody in this room. I'm, 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 this is profound. If you're taking notes, you're going to want to write this down. Acknowledgement means to acknowledge something. Acknowledge means a knowledge. When you walk into a room, you 
to acknowledge someone, you have to turn to them and recognize, vocalize, or hand gesture to them that I've acknowledged. You ever been ghosted before? Like two people in the room and somebody just acts like you're not, they just ghost you. I got to be careful because I've been accused. It's, it's sometimes I literally don't see people. I saw you at the store. You walked right past me. I didn't see you. I promise you, I was in a, I, I, was, I was caught up in the heavens. And I was probably thinking about which aisle did they move the bacon to? And I got to get off. I have, I've had people, Pastor, are you upset with me? I saw you at Walmart. I was waving at you. You didn't even wave at me. Listen, there's, there's still a little bit of dingbat in me. I, didn't, I, just, I honestly didn't see it. It, it, it happens more than I, I, I care to, to admit. But you got to acknowledge. That means I have a knowledge that you're there. I've got to have a knowledge. This is what he says. Uh, um, understanding to the acknowledgement of what? The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Now, for those of you that are about to put two personages in that, you're about to mess up. Because he didn't say of the Father and Jesus. Christ means the anointed. The mystery of God. First of all, let me say there is no mystery within God that God is not willing to reveal to those who will be in relationship with him. And I'm about to prove that. to. Well, I'm not going to prove nothing. The Word's going to prove it to you. That God desires to show those mysterious things to you. Now, now don't get crazy. Well, okay, God, if you want to show me the mystery, what is the theory of relativity? What is the true meaning of quantum physics? And, and tell me, God, string theory and e, EMC equals squared or whatever Einstein says or, or whatever. That's, here's, a, that, here's a word for you. That's superfluous. That means it's superficial. Right, that, that, that really is about as deep as a dime is thick when it comes to eternity. But if you want to know the eternal things, you go to the eternal God. Who will hide them mysteriously to those who are not in covenant with him. Because it's too dangerous to share this stuff. Amen. I'm, I'm going to just, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to be done. Five minutes, run up and jump on the music whether I'm done or not because I could go on this for a long time. My house is my house. And even though I have people in my house, doesn't mean I'm always going to act at home in my own house. I don't know if y'all heard that. Because some people I can't trust. To be myself. That doesn't mean I'm going to light up a Marlboro and drink a Budweiser. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. There's some people, there's some people you just, you can't trust to be vulnerable to. They'll, they'll take the joy of your frivolity and they'll try to turn that against you and use it as carnality. Okay, now I'm not talking about anything untoward or uncolored or vile or vulgar. Just, they're just... Some people see, you know, a preacher, you know, they, they, they don't even need to take showers. They're just so holy. Yes, we do. Believe me, we do. Growing up I, as a little kid, not because my, my, my parents brainwashed me. I was so in awe and, and reverent of the man of God in my life. I, I, I wondered if a bathroom was even necessary for him. Y'all think I'm, the first words I ever spoke was not mama. It wasn't, it was my first words. Glory to God. I didn't say mama and daddy. I said, I was glory to God. Why? Because the preacher was always, Brother Clark, that was his thing. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And I actually thought that was his name for the longest. I'd call it, hey, glory to God, glory to God. And there's some people you, it, even as believers, you, 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 you have to shield and, 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 and sometimes you can't be at home, even in your own home, with some people. 
because some people, they're, 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 like, they're like crocodiles. They just linger. Their eyeballs coming up the surface just enough so you know where they are. But the moment you get vulnerable, they'll snatch you and pull you right under. And so, and so you, you, got, you got to love everybody, right? We love them, want the fellowship with everybody. But you, how many, you, you know what I'm talking about. I don't have to keep breaking this down. Not, 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 you, you just can't be you with everybody. And I don't mean, again, I don't mean a sinner you. I just mean you. But when I find friends that I, can, that I can, the old saying says, let your hair down. You enjoy being around them. You'll, you'll show them not, not, not just things that you don't want other people to know, but things that you're insecure about. You'll let that down. You'll let them in. And if they're a true friend, they'll, they'll strengthen that insecurity in you. They won't goad at it. They'll strengthen that in their own way. Y'all with me? God is the same way, except he has no insecurity, he has no weakness. God's the same way. He's not going to feel at home with everybody until they've proven a relationship with him. Brother Mansell, you'll put verse 2 back up. He's, he, he will keep it a mystery until you prove that you're willing to, to uh, come into the riches of full understanding and the acknowledgement of the mysteries of God. Verse 3, in whom are hid. Now, this is for the people saying, God, don't hide anything. Boy, he is a hide-and-go-seek kind of God. If ever there's a hide-and-go-seek kind of God, he's a hide-and-go-seek kind of God. Now, he's not going to hide salvation from you. But there's a reason you don't give the keys to your car to a five-year-old. If you do, you're not just going to wreck them. You're going to wreck you, and you're going to wreck the whole neighborhood. And so God says, you've got you to mature to get into some things. So if you're in your journey with God, and you see somebody else a few years down the road, and they seem to have an understanding of God that you don't have yet, don't get mad at God and say, well, God's unfair. No, God has proven them to come this far to understand these treasures. You haven't gotten there yet. If God dumped on you all of his wisdom as soon as you got the Holy Ghost, your brain would come squirting right out of your ears. We couldn't handle it. He gives it to us a little. Does that make sense? He gives it a little time and says, now, if you'll follow me, if you'll serve me, there's more. And so you, you receive the Holy Ghost. You get baptized in Jesus' name. Well, see, he starts giving you a little more. And a little, come on, right? He starts giving you a little more. And all of a sudden, you're baptized in Jesus' name. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You come to church, and one of the first treasures you get is that first time you come to church, and you're not happy to be at church, you're kind of missing the old life. You're kind of missing the old friends, and you're wondering what in the world's going on. But you come to church anyway, and you're tired, and your boss was a jerk to you all day long. Amen. The dog bit the cat. The cat bit the rat. Amen. The rat bit grandma. Grandma's laying on the floor, holding her ankle and screaming. And you come to church, and you want to be anywhere but at church. And then you learn one of the first hidden mysteries of God is if I praise God according to who he is and not according to how I feel and so then you just learn you just learn the old hallelujah anyhow principle and you just learn to worship God because he's good and you praise him because he's merciful and you praise him because of his goodness and all of a sudden you start learning one of those first things that was hidden in him if I'll just bless the Lord at all times let his praise continually be in my mouth if I'll just let my soul make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. If I'll do all of that stuff, then God will step in in the midst of my meanness and my carnality and my backward thinking. If I'll just humble myself before him on a Wednesday night when I feel like something the cat drug in. If I'll just start praising him and blessing him, all of a sudden God will just come in. And it's one of the, it's one of the first mysteries. That's revealed. And so now we forget that from time to time. And then we're 20 years in serving God, and we remember that. We come in an aching back and an aching head, amen, an ache and everything else. And, and you come in, like, man. And then you realize, man, I'm just being a grouch at church. And all of a sudden you just start stretching, lifting those hands. Those hands go from half mass to all the way up in the air. And, and, and you went from just singing along, you know, just like, Hey, mercy, daughter, da, 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 da. hurry up with the words because I don't know the words. How am I supposed to know? They didn't get to the next. Yeah. The glory. 
And then you remember back in your early days when you could have cared less what they were singing about. You're just glad to be in church. And all of a sudden those hands start going and he starts saying, we'll be a dancing China. And all of a sudden you start feeling better. But it, it, it takes a little time. It, it, it takes a little time. Amen. It, it takes a little time being married. I wish I had all the wisdom of these people in their first year of marriage. I really do. You remember, you remember when you knew everything? You remember when you knew how to raise kids when you didn't have kids? You remember sitting at the restaurant going, I wish they'd shut that little brat up. I never said that. Well, I did. I remember thinking, man, I wish they'd shut that kid up. I tell you, bless God, I know how to shut that kid up. I could take about it. You don't, you don't realize you weren't a little precious angel. Your mama thought, told you you were either. Remember when, we were, remember when we were single, didn't have kids, and we knew everything about marriage, and we knew everything about kids? And all of a sudden, we got married, and we had kids, and we went, Mama, help. I prayed for a baby. God sent me a demon, this thing. Oh, it don't sleep. You ought to see what it does in its britches. I can't help this thing. You change that first real diaper, it will make you reevaluate every life choice you had made to that point. <laughs> You'll sit there and go through your purse. Where's the receipt for this thing? I did not sign up for this. And kids, this is why you got to be nice to your parents because the Bible said, secondly, even especially as they get older because they took care of your nasty self when you was a baby. And then the roles reverse. I'm not calling any names, but his initials are dad. You know, they were always, what time are you getting? You better be in bed. Did you sleep last night? What time did you go to sleep? What time? Did, now we're still saying, but what, Dad, you're going to go to bed. You, but you need to get to bed. What time are you waking up? Did, did you eat today? What did you eat this day? What did you eat? That's not any kind of breakfast. You can't have a diet coat for breakfast. You've got to have some. <laughs> I wish somebody helped me tonight. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And the funny, God's got a sense of humor. We only have to, as parents, you know, deal with that for about four or five years. But we get about 15 to 30 years. Uh, Dad, you make it home okay? Everything. <laughs> it takes some time. It takes some time. It takes some proving. In a marriage, it takes some proving. It takes some time. I saw somebody, and, I, and Brother Lucas come so I can hurry up. It, I saw somebody, matter of fact, right before church, I, I made the mistake of, uh, I, I had a notification on Messenger, and it popped up on Facebook. Did you almost fall? Okay. They say, man, we're slaying them tonight. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to be, you know, I don't mean to show no respect, but. But somebody would post, and post a picture, and. They've only been married three months, and they had about nine paragraphs of marriage advice. And this wasn't their first marriage. And there's nothing wrong with it. Follow me. Met three months, and they're given six paragraphs of marriage advice. Listen, I'm thinking to myself, I didn't even read it all. I just wanted to go to the last line and hopefully read, copied from, shared from, I had all this wisdom. And I'm thinking, how real do y'all want me to be? Y'all want me to be real, real, or just move on? Real? And, and, and bless her heart, she, she's got three kids from three different men. And she's giving marriage advice on sticking out and faithfulness and, and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, 
Well, honey, is your calendar free? Please come do a marriage seminar for us. We, we need this in our life. Okay? I, I wish sometimes people could see themselves. Because if they could see themselves, they would see us. We're not against you, honey. But just stick, let this one stick around longer than the cold. Give us something we can hold on to here, some meat, right? Now, listen, there's some universal principles, and I get all that. I, I, I'm not knocking that at all. But this wasn't suggestion. This was, bless God's scripture, and you better do And I'm just, uh, you, you just, you know. I saw somebody just had a baby sitting in the hospital bed going, well, here's my wisdom of raising children. Look, you hadn't even got first past teething yet. Don't tell me about picking out colleges until you've dealt with teething yet. And God says, there are things that are hidden in me that you can't access until you get past teething. And there's things in me you can't access until you get past being potty trained. And there's things in me you can't access until you get past kindergarten and first grade. Because living for God, is, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's a relationship. And if you will love him and not the treasures. Let me say that again. If we love him and not just his treasures. Then we could sing what the old folks would sing. I keep falling in love with him. Over and over and over and over again. It gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. Why? Because I'm, I'm falling in love with Him. And the more I love Him, and the more He can trust me, and I am learning to trust Him. Because that's not a guaranteed thing at salvation. It's one thing to trust Him for salvation. It's another thing to trust Him for your life. I keep loving him and he's loving me and all of a sudden for the chase he just shows me something hidden I didn't know before wow you know that great revelation you have on, on finances did you get that the first six weeks you were born again how oh, it took some time it took some time let me let me let me let me as I point the horse to the barn and we're in the crowd. Somebody shut the gate behind me. Let me encourage you. Don't give up. And don't settle where you are. Because God's about to move the curtain back again. The priest couldn't get into the Holy of Holies until he had went through the segmented parts of obedience then God would invite him a little closer and a little closer and a little closer and a little closer. He's doing that with you too. He's inviting you to know him. Well, I hadn't got to the point I even want to get to. He, to know his will. Where we're going in that is not just his will as in purpose, but his will as in his testament, as in our inheritance in Amen. You can't know an inheritance until you know the, the inheritor. We don't have a, a lot of things passed down like we used to. Used to, everything was passed down. One, you know, grandpa, son, grandson, great, great. A lot of that, that wealth, it doesn't happen like that. But in Bible times, generations were sustained by good choices that were made to propagate inheritance from there is an inheritance listen to me listen to me child of God there is an inheritance in these pages that is going to sustain you not just in this life but in the life to come and it's so important to God so so if you don't know the will of God as in the will that is the purpose of God you're never going to understand the will of God as in the testament or the guarantee Because this book is a legal document. Do you know that? That's why it's called a testament. And where we're moving in this Bible study, I don't know how long it's going to go. 
Sister Cindy, we may end next week. We may end in, you know, October. I don't know. But I want to move from knowing not just the purpose of God, but to knowing my rights in God as an inheritance from God. But I can't know them until I know Him and let Him show me little by little. Keep following me. First, I knew Him as a Savior, and I kept serving Him. And then the doctor looked at some x-rays and said, we can't explain this, Brother Strickland. We don't know what's going on, but you're going to need some treatments. And I went to church, and they anointed me with a bottle of oil. And and all of a sudden, I went back for that follow-up, and they couldn't find it on the x-rays anymore. And he wasn't just a savior. Now he became a healer, and I unlocked another treasure of understanding in him. Kept serving him. Kept serving him my job and I ran out of money in the savings account and the rent was coming due and the car payment was due and the credit card bill was due and I needed groceries and and, and I didn't know what I was going to do but I just trusted God I just kept trusting him and then all of a sudden a check came out of nowhere the bank called and said don't worry about it money got deposited or something some blessing some new job some inheritance came rolling my way so, and then I then I realized he's not just a savior he's not just a healer but he's Jira he's my provider and I just keep serving him. He shows me a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then when I fall in darkness, his light's around me. And he lifts me up and he justifies me. Would you stand with me tonight? I want to know him. I want to know him. Know his testament for my life because in him is, is hidden the treasures and the mysteries of God. But one thing that is not mysterious is God's will, his treasures are because he'll reveal them to me not before I need them, but he's an on time God and it may not come when I want it, but he'll be there right on time. And I'll find out just when I thought it was too late. He stepped in. And he moved the curtain back and another dimension of him was revealed. And I know him more. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Some of you are standing in front of the curtain right now. And you're frustrated because you've known God to be all these things. But the thing you need him to be most, he has been to others but not yet been to you right I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm not trying to pump you up. I'm not even going to raise my voice when I say it. I'm telling you, hold on, child of God. What you can't see is the fingers of your father about to pull the curtain back. And you are about to step into an understanding of God that you didn't know in 2020, 21, 22, but you can only know in 2023. And God is allowing that resistance. God's allowing that struggle, that pain, that sickness, that finance, whatever it is, God is allowing that to be the contrast to reveal who he is. He's allowing that to be the darkness to show his light, the sickness to show him as his healer. I want you right now, if the Lord's speaking to you, I know it's a Wednesday night, but if you want to step up to this altar right now, I know it can get crowded in here real easy. Amen. But but you're about to step in. I, I believe it with all my heart. You've known him as a blesser. You've known him as a healer. You've known him as a provider. Amen. But right now, you need him to be something that maybe you haven't seen him be in a long time or maybe you've not yet experienced for yourself totally and completely right now. I'm telling you, just keep serving God. Just, just keep being faithful. Amen. Know his voice. Know his voice. He knows you. Now follow him. Go ahead and lift those hands for a moment right now and just receive his word. Let's go ahead and receive that. God, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I want, I want that greater understanding, God. Lord, I, I'm not looking for revelation that I might be exalted. I'm not looking for revelation that I might boast of my wisdom. 
But Lord, I just need to, I need you to reveal that treasure to me that I did not know just even yesterday. God, show yourself glorious and mighty in this situation. Come on, the Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody right now. The Holy Ghost is strengthening somebody right now. You've been in the struggle. You've been, you, you've been walking in that fiery furnace. You, hallelujah. Your job has inverted on you. Family has inverted on you. Finances has inverted on you. Health has inverted on you. Amen. And the pressure and the gravity of the world is trying to cause you to lean. But I'm asking you, come on, stand strong and say, no, I'm going to know him. I'm going to know his mystery. I want to know his will for my life. It's not a fight. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to fight for it. You just got to be faithful to it. You don't got to claw your way into it. No, it's an invitation to the hidden things. You, you don't got to go kicking down doors. It's just an invitation. Come on up a little higher. Step on in a little bit deeper. Come on out. Come on. Wade into the waters. They're just right. They're just right. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.